uh, open up the Word of God. And uh, I pray tonight that our hearts can be open. And uh, I pray that you would speak to us tonight through the Word of God. Help us to be open. Help us to be receptive to the Holy Ghost, to the Word of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank the Lord. We're going to invite our ushers to come. Uh, we're about 10 minutes late starting tonight. And uh, so if I go to 840, we haven't gone longer. It's just the same amount of time for those of you who watch the clock. So uh, I'm teasing. But um, give tonight to the Lord. Give liberally and cheerfully to the Lord. And he will certainly bless you for your cheerful giving. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for uh, bringing us together tonight again. We thank you tonight for those that give so generously and cheerfully to the cause of God. I pray that you would bless this gift tonight, this offering, and uh, help it to meet the needs. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. While they're receiving the offering, you may be seated. I will remind you that Brother Merrill is teaching the second part of our membership classes. Uh, He's teaching the second part of that right now. So if anybody needs to go through the second class... Uh, feel free to be dismissed to classroom one just right across the hall. So uh, remember that. <clears throat> I'm happy tonight to announce that uh, we have a total of 25 children at the campground, uh, 12 and under. Isn't that awesome? And uh, 20 of them are enrolled campers. And uh, Sister Murphy told me that we have six on the campground tonight, enrolled, that as a uh, product of Grace Reach, our van ministry. And I applaud Brother Gary and Sister Ashley for that. But uh, I'm thinking, uh, Sister Yvonne, with all the work that we've put into kids' ministry through the years, uh, she's been with us almost since day one, And uh, but uh, all those years we've worked kids' ministry. It's just amazing to believe that uh, we have 25 kids at the campground, 12 and older right now. And uh, so even the ones that's not enrolled, the, the little bitty ones that's below youth camp age, uh, some of our parents that are up there with them are still taking them to the classes, so it's almost like they are enrolled in it. So they're going anyway and uh, taking it all in. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh told someone just a little while ago that we started here with 11 people, uh, about 21 years ago, and um, I think we had one child under the age of 12 when we came to pastor this church. So God has done awesome things, and I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, Last Wednesday night, I introduced a a little series that we're going to do called Finding Your Ministry, and um, uh, y'all keep in mind we have a small group here tonight. There's a lot of our group at the campground. There's a lot of a lot of our parents are at the campground with their kids, and um, but I introduced this, and there's actually a great group in here tonight that I would like to share this material with you, and um, I do ask that you open your heart, your mind, and uh, hopefully this material will help motivate you to want to be a little more involved in the kingdom of God. So tonight I want to talk to you about have you found your ministry, and uh, this will be part two. Started this last Wednesday. If you were not here last Wednesday, I would like for you to go to the website and listen to it, if you would. 
uh, if you were not here last Wednesday. Uh, also, while I'm, uh, before we begin Bible study, this past Sunday morning was just simply phenomenal. We launched Dream Big, Go Big, as you can see on the stage behind me. And uh, we're going to be running this for a number of months. And uh, already, uh, just since Sunday, there's just been some really phenomenal things that's happened. And we'll be sharing those things with you as time goes along. But we want everyone here to become a dreamer again, which is a sermon we preach Sunday. And uh, if you were not here Sunday, please go to the website and listen to that. Uh, It'll catch you up to speed as to what we're doing on Sunday mornings with our church and why. We want everybody to become dreamers and to start dreaming big. Dreams keeps you motivated. It gives you something to plan for, to work towards. Uh, just listen to this past Sunday's message on the, on the website if you would. Also, we'll have a number of things that we will be bringing to you in the next couple of months. Some of them are new. Some of these things are going to be things we used to do that we're going to revive and uh, so you don't want to miss on a Sunday. It's going to be awesome here at Grace. And uh, we'll be introducing a lot of things uh, as we go along in the next several months. I hope all of you here tonight believe that you can have your own personal ministry. I hope everybody believes that. Uh, um, when I ended my first Bible study last Wednesday night, I made it clear for those of you that were here that God made you just the way you are so that you can fulfill a specific role in his kingdom. And this is going to be the focus of what I want to talk to you about tonight, that God made you the way you are. We brought this in last week, and then we'll go into more of it tonight. One of the most important things that you can do to find your ministry is to begin by understanding who you are. It makes it very difficult to step into a ministry role, and I'm not talking about call to preach and leaving somewhere and going to be a missionary and evangelist or whatever. I'm talking about working in local ministry in your church. If you don't have a good grip on who you are, then you really have no clue as to what you want to do. And I think this is a whole lot of the roadblock that stands between people and then being involved in the kingdom, being involved in church, is that you, you kind of see that, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be involved, but I don't know what I want to do. The reason is, is because you don't know who you are. You don't know you as a person. So one of the most important things you can do is find out, uh, to find your ministry, is to understand who you are and to understand, and everybody listen carefully, you need to understand That God wants to use that who that is you. He wants to use the who that is you. Notice this in 1 Samuel chapter 12 verse 20. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, you have done all this wickedness. And we use that as a huge crutch. I'm not perfect and I've made mistakes and all this. Samuel said, Fear not, you have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve him with all your heart. And obviously, uh, whatever we do for the Lord must be done 
with all of our heart. God don't want part of you. He wants all of you. Give all of you to him first. When the Bible says to serve the Lord with all of your heart, or to even love the Lord with all of your heart, it means all of your being. Whoever you are, whoever you are as a person, God wants you to serve him with all of that. So to serve the Lord with all of the everything, to serve the Lord with all of the everything you are, that means that you serve God with your motivations, you serve God with your desires, you serve God with your dreams, your passions, your interests, all of you goes into serving God. Serving God isn't a Sunday morning function. It's not like clocking in at work and then when you leave you clock out. God don't work that way. You know, he don't play second fiddle. He's not looking for part-time Christian people with a part-time mentality of faithfulness and consistency. God wants all of you. He wants everything that makes up all of you. So our heart determines oftentimes why we say the things that we say. The Bible teaches that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So our heart determines why we say the things we say, why we do the things we do, and why we feel the way we feel. So I believe that one of the keys to finding your ministry is by simply knowing your heart. You need to know what makes you tick. I find it very interesting that We feel like we know everyone else in our world, you know, people in your family, people that live next door, your little world. We feel like we know people so well, but when you look in the mirror at the person every morning, you really don't know that person. We study other people far more than we study ourselves. One of the greatest things in your favor, if you want to be in ministry, is learn how to be objective with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. Don't be delusional. Don't be a hypocrite. Just be honest. And remember, if you are not going to be you, then no one else is going to be you for you. You have to be you. All right, I'll come to a little bit more of that later. But one of the keys to finding your ministry is simply knowing your heart. Physiologically, everybody in this room tonight, no doubt, has a different heartbeat. Some of us naturally have a slower heartbeat. Some of us may have a faster heartbeat. Some of us may even have a irregular heartbeat. Some may have a very unique heartbeat, and I think there's maybe even some that wonders if they have a heartbeat at all. <clears throat> you might want to check up here once in a while and see if you can feel anything. Doop, doop, doop. <clears throat> God made us physiologically different, but in the same sense, God also made us different emotionally, All of us march to the beat of a different drummer. The things that may motivate you don't motivate me, and vice versa. The things that excite you may not excite me, and vice versa. You understand that. So we all are different emotionally. We all march to the beat of a different drummer. No one here tonight is exactly alike. And that is how God made it. And I think that's an awesome thing. Our hearts race 
when we encounter certain activities that make an emotional connection with us and instinctively we feel passionate about some things and maybe not so passionate about others. In fact, passion, passion could be a, another word for heart. Our passion is oftentimes the way we express how we feel. You can be passionate about anything you want to be passionate about. But each and every one of us in this building is passionate about something. Some of you are very passionate about your marriage. All of us are very passionate about our kids. I hope you are. That's where you want to check and feel for a heartbeat. If you're not. But I believe that God made us. God, listen. Everybody listen and get your head around this. We all have our moments of low self-esteem. And we all have our moments of low self-worth. And we all go around whining because this person over here is really gifted and that person's really gifted, but I can't do anything. We all go through that. Listen to Pastor tonight. And the Bible is very clear on this point that God made us the way we are for a reason. He made you with very little personality or a whole lot of personality for a reason. He made you with your emotional structure the way it is for a reason. And it's real hard, depending on who you are, but for, I think I'm safe to say for most of us here tonight, it's hard for us to accept who we are for what we are. I've wrestled with this for years. I've been very transparent about it through the years. But God has a plan for all of us, and he made us the way we are for a reason. And the Bible said he knows the end from the beginning, and he had a plan for us even before we were formed in the womb. In Psalm 139, verse 13, the psalmist said, For thou possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many really feel that way without a show of hands? How many really feel that way about yourself? That I am wonderfully made. When God made me, he did a great job. You really believe that about yourself? I'm not asking anybody to get conceited and go on an ego trip here. But I'm having everyone understand for the context of this Bible study tonight that God made you the way you are for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. And it's your job to find that purpose. Just the way you are. Okay. Marvelous are thy works, he said, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought into the lowest parts of the earth, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. So God knew all about you before you were born. The New Living Translation says, for the same passage, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. 
You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and as I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God began shaping you for ministry before you were even born. God has had a plan for you from the very beginning of time. And so God had a purpose in giving you the heart or the passion that you have today. Your heart, your heart, the heart God gave you is the key to understanding God's plan for your life. If you can know your heart, if you can know who you are, listen to me, folks. There's people here tonight, uh, and I'm being as kind as I can. You, you, you can't be objective with yourself because you don't know who you are. You can't be transparent, but you, you don't know what your identity is. You look in the mirror every day, and when you look at that person, who do you think that is? Is there some kind of a description you can give to that person looking back at you in the mirror? If, if you know a description, what is it? Do you feel like the psalmist and said, look at that guy, buddy. God did a good job on me, and I'm ready to work in the kingdom. Or do you like in the mirror and you don't have a clue? And I think most of us fits the letter, and we're going to try to change that. It makes a whole lot of sense that God would make us passionate about those areas where he would want to use us. And you know your heart better than anybody else. Then the Bible says to serve the Lord with all of that heart. Not just go through the motions on Sunday and get born again so I can go to heaven. It's not what the Bible teaches. God wants all of you. And you use all of you to work for him. So it's up to us. And God's not going to dictate and force you one way or the other. But it's up to us to use our hearts for good or for evil. It's up to us to use our hearts for selfish reasons, to be self-serving, or to serve God and others. We all have a choice as to what we will do with our heart and with our passion, with our desires, with our motives, with our dreams. It's up to you. I'm going to go ahead and announce this tonight, but Lord willing, next Wednesday night, we're going to pass out, and those of you that have done this before, I'm going to ask you to do it again. If you've never done it, I'm going to especially ask you to do it. I'm going to ask everybody to cooperate. It's not going to commit you to anything, but I want to help you tonight. But we're going to pass out our 99 question questionnaire, and it's going to help you discover what your gifting is. If you've already done it, I'd like for you to do it again. We're going to pass that out next Wednesday night, and then the following Wednesday night, I'd like for our service to be, I'll go through all of those 16 areas of of potential gifting, and all of you is going to possess at least one. You've got to be one. And it'll help show you and reveal to you who you are. So we'll plan to do that next Wednesday night. Hopefully most of our folks will be back. And thank you in advance for taking the time to do that, and it'll be a great help to you in the future. If you'll do this gifting thing, it's not just for the church. It'll help you on your job. It can help you in your marriage. It'll help you understand who you are. And when your spouse gets so agitated with you, you may finally figure out why. 
I meant that to be a little light and humorous for those of you who are frozen. It's real hard for pastor to come up to each each individual and say, hey, brother so-and-so, I believe you have this gift, or sister so-and-so, you, I believe you have this gift, so can you help us this way? So this will help bring all of that to the surface. And I'm not, I, 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 none of this will be mentioned publicly. Your gifting will be between you and God. But I just hope where you see a need in the church that you can get involved with your gifting. I do, however, want all of you to know That if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, listen to pastor. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you have the empowerment to develop the gifting God has given you the day you were born. The Holy Ghost will help you develop that gifting. So it's uh, it's, uh, up to each one of us to seek and to identify our gifts. Watch this, and I think this is real interesting. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another uh, faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, this is the gifts of the Spirit. This is the nine gifts of the Spirit. They can be broken down into three categories, but they're, they're, um, they're revelatory gifts, they're speaking gifts, and so on. But they're, they can be broken down into three categories. And I find it interesting that God gives us these gifts of the Spirit for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the body of Christ. And as important... As these spiritual gifts are, we sometimes overemphasize them to the neglect of other areas of gifting. And tonight, my focus is on those other areas of gifting, not the gifts of the Spirit. So I don't want anybody to panic. I'm not trying to coach anyone into the realm of spiritual gifts where you prophesy to the church once or twice a month. That's not what I'm doing tonight. I'm talking about gifts that God gave you the day you were born. And they're in there. Oh, yes, they're in there. Oh, not me, Brother Murphy. I'm not gifted to do it. I've heard people say that. I'm not talented in any way. Really? I'm not going to say everything I want to say right now, but I could put a lot of people on the spot real bad if I wanted to. You manage to get married and have a family. That takes some degree of gifting and talent. You're not a mannequin for crying out loud or a robot. There are some things rolling around in that heart of yours. Okay. So we're all shaped by our natural abilities. We're all shaped by our natural abilities and our personality traits that we have had since birth. But we're also shaped by the experiences of life. So just as God gave us His Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God also gave us our experiences. God allowed all of that to happen. I hope you're hearing me tonight. God went through a lot of trouble when he brought you and I onto this planet. It was a lot of forethought that went in before you were born. 
as to who your parents was going to be and what your personality was going to be like and what kind of circumstances were going to happen to you all during life. God went through a lot of trouble. Now, I'm not into predestination, but the Bible says clearly that God thought about your whole entire life from front to back and back to front before you was born. And you're going to sit here and tell me that, well, I can't do anything in the kingdom of God, so God wasted his time making you? You were just a throwaway piece of humanity that God messed up? I don't believe that. <clears throat> so God gave us our experiences. God gave us our personality traits. And God gave us our natural abilities. So since all of these are God-given then I believe they can all be used for the kingdom of God. And sometimes we get so caught up in the spiritual realm to the point that we become useless in the physical realm. It's that they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. But the opposite is also true. We can also be so carnal in our thinking that we are totally disconnected from the working of the Spirit. We don't always see God in our life to this degree. We see ourselves as born-again Christians living day in and day out just trying to get to the other side. Y'all pray for me that I make it to the end. We have that mentality. <clears throat> We're trying to break that mentality at grace and indicate to all of us that we all have a little more value to God than that. We need to find a healthy balance of the natural and the spiritual. Both are given to us by God, so in turn... We need to use both for the purpose of his kingdom. So many would say that you need to discover your spiritual gift. Listen to pastor. Many people say, let me move a little bit closer. You know, if y'all would, Troy and care, if y'all move back about three rows, I could just come all the way up the aisle. People are terrified of anything that goes on in this little space right here. Just terror. I'm not going to get close to it. You're afraid of it. <clears throat> I declare if we put chairs against the wall. Anyway, I had Brother Mike. You folks that sat over here, y'all notice y'all lost about two rows the past month or two? Is it killing you sitting two rows closer to the front? No, it's not. For that. It's, it's, if there's some interest you have in ministry around church and you're attracted to that naturally and say, that's what I'd like to do, it's probably because you have a gifting in it. There's something in you gifting-wise, that's drawing you to that. So you start desiring a ministry that you have a passion for. Then you start praying for a position that you can be excited about or even motivated about, and then you get involved in that ministry. I remember relationship with God. You may discover many more gifts in your life, and oftentimes the attraction to a ministry will bring your gifting to the surface. When you honor God... When you honor God with the talents he's given you, when you bless the kingdom with the abilities he's blessed you with, then you will be blessed even more. And that's what a lot of church people don't see. Then he will begin to bless you with some of the best gifts. I want to stop right here, and I just feel a little nudge to say this. There's people here tonight that have given years to the kingdom of God. And, and uh we, we, we all do bonehead things from time to time, and things don't always work out like we wanted to, and uh, sometimes it impacts our kids more than we had planned. Oftentimes when a person backslides with small kids and they come back to church and their kids are grown, it's hard to get the kids back, and, and I get that and what have you. 
But, but there's people here tonight that from time to time have gone through burnout and you've been disillusioned. But your kids are still serving God. Your kids are still in church. And even though we have bad experiences and, and, and we don't necessarily always want to be involved again, and I'll never do that again, that kind of thing, look at what God has done in your family and look where they are. Whether you realize it or not, all those years you put in and where you may not have seen the blessing of it totally, God did. And look where your family's at because of it. Everybody on board with me? God, God knows how to compensate than you can imagine. There's somebody here tonight that has worked in this church or in this room right now, has, has worked endlessly, tireless hours in ministry in this church. And if you ask them, there's been at least two phenomenal occasions in this person's life where God has blessed them in a, in a monetary way that you can't, even, uh, you can't even imagine. Through someone who don't even go to church. If you seek first, there's a saying, see, I have given, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of work. Sister so-and-so, my husband and I pastor at such and such a place. Um, I would like to call your sister, Sister Bunch, and talk to her. And I said, well, I'm not going to just give out her number. Uh, why don't you give me your number, and I'll have her call you if she wants to. And I said, do you mind me asking what this is about? And she said, no, I don't. She said, I was a child that she picked up on her bus route. And now they're in ministry. She married a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's wife now. Now, somewhere along the line in all of Sister Bunch's life, God made sure that she was in that spot at that moment. Brother Kevin Cox this past year at, at district conference, I, I was so happy for him, our district superintendent. He ordained them over there for a reason. I just they're, they're sleeping. They're, they're sleepwalking. They're walking through life asleep. And they don't realize their purpose. Everybody here tonight has a purpose. And I would to God we could all understand that. So God gave Bezalel an ability of artistic craftsmanship so that he could help build the tabernacle of God. This was not a spiritual gift. This isn't to prophesy and to speak in tongues. This is a natural gift. And I want to say, and I, every time I look at those speakers, I think of Brother Tommy Riddle. He installed them for us once, and then we expanded the platform. We came up and redid it again. And you don't know what that was about. You just see a pipe going through the floor. You don't know what yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that are being used of God. See, we think you have to pray and fast, you know, you have to fast seven days a week for a year. I think there's one person that caught on to what I said. Fast seven days a week for a year. Uh, kind of reminds me of the fellow that trained his dog not to eat, and about the time he got him trained, the dog died. Um, Y'all just, nobody, there's two or three. You're not going to smile? Anyway, it's okay. Uh, <clears throat> but there's, there's, there's people that have contributed to this house. In ways that wasn't always spiritual. There's a lot, of, a lot of things that just require great ability. So you don't always have to have the Holy Ghost to be used by God. I feel like I'm speaking to that wall right now. I, I hope y'all just are listening. That's what I always hear. 
But uh, if you don't believe it, God spoke through a donkey one time, and I don't think he had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, neither was he baptized. <clears throat> I'm sure there's pastors that have baptized donkey-esque people. And hopefully they were filled up with the Spirit of God somewhere along the way. But the donkey Balaam was on that day. I don't think he was ever baptized or received the Holy Ghost, but God used him. God can use the natural abilities of those who have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the purpose of his church. Pharaoh was used by God to place Joseph in command second over Egypt. He was not a godly man. Rahab the harlot was used by God to hide the spies from being killed in Jericho. And all throughout the Bible, God uses people who who don't necessarily have even a relationship with God, but he uses them to accomplish his will and his plan. We all have God-given abilities that can be used for his kingdom. And it's very interesting to me that musical talent is not listed as one of the spiritual gifts. You ever notice that? In 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, you don't find music as a spiritual gifting. But my word, it's a gifting that I sure enjoy having in the church. Let me tell you something else, too. You don't necessarily have to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be gifted in music. Are we that naive? I hope not. So using a natural gift for the kingdom. These guys that, that play and our people that sing and what have you, that's natural gifting. They were born with that. And so they use it for the kingdom, and rightfully so. Um, using a natural gift for the kingdom does not make one less spiritual either. God's given some people the ability to make money. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. God does that. Don't feel like you're a big whoop if you have a few dollars in the bank. God enables you to do that. God empowered you to do that. It would seem to many that producing wealth would be one of the least uh, spiritual gifts, but that is, that is not what God said. He said, I've given you the power to do that. God will use your natural ability to make money for a spiritual purpose. And there are people in the kingdom today that do not do anything else but give to the kingdom. This ministry is one of the more necessary ministries of the church. I hope everybody understands that it takes money to have revival. It takes money to grow a church. You've got to have it. So don't underestimate your natural abilities. They're given you from God. One of the most common excuses people give for not getting involved in ministry is that they don't have any abilities to offer, and that could be nothing farther from the truth. It's a proven fact that the average person possesses from 500 to 700 skills. Do you know the person you look at in the mirror every morning? Do you know what your skills are? Do you know what your natural abilities are? We're going to help you find out some of them in a couple of weeks. But do you know who they are, what they are? If you don't, you need to learn because there's so many things you could do. <clears throat> Sister Lawrence, if you don't mind, she gave me a, this card Sunday. It says, Pastor, you're the most incredible person I've ever known. No, don't fill each day with joy. I'm sorry, I misread that. Um, but wrote me a very nice card. And um, 
She said, in it, if all I can do is pray and fast, then that's what I'm doing. I spoke to her about that after church. What do you mean if that's all you can do? That is one of the most necessary ministries in the church. And if we're not doing that, we're wasting our time doing anything else. Thank you. She has had an ability to pray and to touch God virtually since I've known her. And that's been 35, 40 years. I've asked her to pray in for Sister Murphy and I every day. I asked her to do that years ago. Several ladies here that I've asked to do that. What a what a an ability to give to the kingdom of God. What an ability. The human race, listen. The human race, and I'm trying to bring this to a conclusion, even though I have officially fifteen more minutes. Because we started ten minutes late. One of the most common excuses people give is I don't have any ability. Do you know the human race is the most intelligent and able life force in the world? This is what fascinates me. As we think of the animal world, when we think of it, we marvel at their intelligence. The honeybee is one of the most amazing little critters that God created. Watch a documentary on a beaver. Could you build a dam like that? And it's amazing how blown away we are with a hummingbird and a butterfly and how butterflies go through metamorphosis and all that kind of we're, we're so amazed with all this stuff, but look in the mirror and think so little of ourselves. when in reality the reverse of, of what I just said is the truth. You're, you're really incredible. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God painted a, created a masterpiece when you were born. We have to understand that. Now, you don't think that much of yourself sometimes, and, and most of us don't. But God thinks, he looks at you and says, man, you admire the butterfly? Go look in the mirror. You think the honeybee is amazing? Go look in the mirror. I mean, you think a mountain lion is a, a, a awesome? Go look in the mirror. You get the point. We're the most intelligent of all of God's creation. By far more intelligent. What does science say is the closest to us in intelligence? The chimpanzee? I think even that's a pretty wide gap. God made us intelligent, brilliant, smart, able to think, and so on. As a matter of fact, humankind was the only part of God's creation that was created in his image. You want to go look in the mirror tomorrow morning and belittle yourself again? I think you're insulting God. It'd be like your child walking up to you and say, I hate me and you're the blame. You know, I'm too short or too tall, I'm too fat, too skinny, whatever you want to say. And mom and dad, you're the blame. Well, don't. How would that make you feel as a parent? God feels much the same way when you belittle yourself and say, I'm not worth anything and I have no value and God really can't use me. You'd be amazed at uh, again, let me go back. Brother Mike, you, you, you don't know what you've meant to me as pastor. We, you know that t-shirt cannon we have? Do we shoot t-shirt cannons? That's a real simple question. You can do this or this. <clears throat> he made that thing. 
I wouldn't have known where to start. And he's helped wire thermostats, and dear God, the list is endless. But abilities, it's abilities, it's abilities. And when you give them to the kingdom first, I'm belaboring the point, but I want you to get it. We have more talent sitting in this room than we can imagine. We have a lot of ability here. The problem, the problem is, is that we're not aware of our abilities. In fact, we're using abilities that we don't even recognize that we have. So the problem now is twofold. We need some process of skill identification, and we need some process of matching our ability with the right ministry. So there's people here tonight who have abilities that are needed right now in this church, and they're not being used possibly because the person is not aware of their ability. I think you get the point tonight, and uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop. Um, I'll come back and I'll finish this next Wednesday night. And I have one more after this one. But I want to make sure you get the point. Uh, Sister Sheila, somebody told me yesterday that the impact of that little card class you do has been far more reaching than what you may realize. Sister Sheila has a very unique ability to make a greeting card whatever kind of card like that. Don't go to Hallmark or Walmart, whatever it's called. What is it? Hallmark. Just get her to do it. Anytime I need a card for Sister Murph, I call her up. But it's a very unique ability. I can't do that. But she can, and she uses it as an outreach ministry. Because when she does one of these glasses, there's unchurched people that go as well. Be surprised what you could lend to the kingdom if you could just recognize what your abilities are, we welcome Sister Odessa to our greeter staff. Talked about you yesterday. She looks nice and has a very beautiful smile. And I'm real happy to have her out in the lobby greeting folks when they come in the door. There's a lot of ability in this room tonight. You just have to find it, recognize it, and learn how to cultivate it and use it for the kingdom of God. Everybody say amen. Y'all on board with me tonight? Brother Mike, Greg War came up a month or so ago and mowed the entire church yard. I don't know how much I appreciated that. I found out after the fact, somebody texted me and said, man, I saw him up here mowing the grass. I'm like, wow. Father, we love you tonight, and it's a privilege. Dear God, it's a privilege to serve in the kingdom. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to be a man that you've called, a man that you developed, a man that you took by the hand out of nothing and a nobody. And God, you've made something out of my life that I'm thankful for. And I pray, God, tonight that you could move in and around this building right now. I pray that the Spirit of God would move in and around this building right now, that you would touch the heart of this wonderful group of people to help us realize that you made us the way we are. And we have a duty and a responsibility to give all of us, all of who we are, back to you. And if we do that, then we're given back to you in abundance. All that can be asked of us is our best and our wholeness. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight as this church grows and develops. We're going to need more people involved in every capacity imaginable. 
And I pray, God, that you would speak to us and help us to realize when opportunity comes, we want to be prepared so it doesn't pass. Bless tonight, I pray. And I pray for the continuance of the moving of your spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. All right, get up and walk around. Be nice and friendly to people. Show some ability to smile. Show them your teeth. God bless you. You're dismissed. Y'all can't dismiss sitting down. See how traditional we are? We've got to be standing up to be dismissed. Isn't that funny? God bless you. We'll see you guys Sunday. Love our church.